0: riverreporter.com and from listener donations at wjffradio.org
1: welcome to the local edition news and information to keep you connected in the catskills northeast pennsylvania i'm your host jason dole we have a lot to get to in this program Governor Kathy Hochul addressing housing issues in the city. We have an update on that. A lot of events on the weekend for the kickoff of Hanukkah. We will be taking a close look at that, including the dedication and initial lighting of the menorah in Parksville, which we've talked about previously on this program. And also there's an ugly sweater get together coming up but first, another winter-themed story, whether you love snow or you're counting down the days to spring and no snow. There's no getting around the winter storms that are heading our way. We've already experienced a couple of them. And the doctors at Garnet Health want both the snow enthusiasts and the snow-adverse to be prepared and safe around snow blowers. Each year, thousands of people suffer serious damage to their fingers or hands due to the improper handling of snow blowers. Radio Catskills' Patricio Robbio spoke to Dr. Victor Todisco, Vice Chair, Garnet Health Diagnostic Imaging Department, on how to stay safe this winter. And this is Dr. Todisco. Almost every year, it seems, when we have the first heavy snow of the year, I'll see an X-ray of
2: someone's mangled fingers. Um, And I mentioned this to the head of the ER, and I said, we should try to get word out there, and maybe we can prevent some of these injuries. And... At first, you might say, well, how does someone, you know, get injured from a snowblower? And what happens is that the snowblowers often get clogged when it's a heavy snow. Now, every snowblower comes with a tool attached to the machine. So you have it with you. It's called a clear-out, clean-out tool, and that's what you're supposed to use to clean the chute. And unfortunately, some people still stick their hands in the chute and... uh, What is probably happening many times is that they turn off the machine and think that it's safe to stick their hand in there. But if it's clogged, even if you turn it off, there is built up tension. And when you unclear it, it's going to suddenly move. And if your hand is down there, it'll grab it. Uh, so you should follow the directions in your own manual. I looked at a few over the weekend from Toro and Troy Built, and they all say never put your hand in the chute. Use the tool that's attached to the machine. And if you do that, we can avoid – there's a, uh, online you could look up and you get various estimates from three to 6,000 hand injuries every year from snowblowers. And, and it has stayed the same for 20 years. It hasn't gone down. So people just need to be aware, even when they're turned off, you never put your hand in the chute.
3: Definitely. That leads me to my other question. You talked about some of the numbers nationally. Have you seen any injuries so far this year, this season?
2: We haven't seen any yet. That I know of, but we didn't have much snow yet, and, and we want to keep it that way <laughs>
3: <laughs> if someone does put their hand in the chute and the hand does get mangled or something worse, what can they do
2: If it's bleeding, you wrap it up and you apply pressure to stop the bleeding, and you head right to the hospital or the emergency room. God forbid if you had a finger cut off, you bring it with you, maybe they can reattach it um, and that's pretty much it.
3: You said previously that the best way to prevent this is to use that special tool that came with the snow blower and not to have stick your arm or stick your hand inside a chute to clear snow. I knew from experience that, you know, having wet snow on the ground like we had recently, it does make the snowblower work harder and snow does get impacted in that chute. Uh, but you said to prevent that, use that shovel, use that special pick that happens to come with the snowblower.
2: Right. And your instruction manual for the snowblower talks about that. It would also talk about if the snow is very, very Hide very deep. You sometimes have to take smaller bites. You have to go slower. Um, it's just—it's hard for humans to shovel. It's hard for the snowblower when it's heavy enough and deep enough.
3: And doctor, this winter with the snow and ice coming down, what else can we do to stay safe? What other dangers are lurking behind that snow?
2: Well, we should also talk about uh, heavy snow uh, causing heart attacks a uh, heavy wet snow is also often referred to as a heart attack snow, and there's a definite increase in heart attacks after a heavy snowfall. And um, if you look on the website, American Heart Association, they have various uh, recommendations, but you have to remember a heavy snow, if you've if you've shoveled a heavy snow, it's a complete body workout. It's not just your arms, it's your arms, it's your shoulders, your back, it's your legs, and it can raise your blood pressure and raise your heart rate as much as a treadmill stress test. If you ever have a stress test at a cardiologist's office, you're on a treadmill, they start increasing the speed and increasing the angle, the slope of the treadmill, and they monitor your EKG and your heart rate and your blood pressure. And shoveling a heavy snow can raise your blood pressure and your heart rate as as high or higher than a stress test on a treadmill. Plus, the cold air can also cause some vasoconstriction, constriction of the blood vessels. All of this is extra stress on the heart. Now, you wouldn't go out and run a triathlon without adoptive clearance and without training for it, without warming up. So you have to look at a heavy snowfall as that kind of a challenge. You really, uh, shouldn't do that uh, if you're not in the shape for it. And, and the American Heart Association has some just general tips about shoveling snow, right? You should warm up first. You should take small bites with the shovel or use a smaller shovel. You should dress appropriately. And you have to be aware of any uh, signs of a heart attack, like, like chest discomfort. Uh, sometimes discomfort is not in your chest. It could be in your arms, your back, your neck. Uh, it could radiate to your jaw. Ah, uh, you may have nausea, cold sweats, any symptoms like that. You might be having a heart attack. You should call nine one one and get to the hospital. But the key to prevent is to prevent it and not overdo it in the first place.
3: Yes, definitely take it slow. And you know, if you haven't been active and until then, uh, definitely take breaks and take it slow. I definitely, uh, for me personally, I can speak from experience that does definitely help.
2: Yes, and even with um, even with a snowblower. Actually, there was one study over a fifteen-year period. There were. 90,000 ER visits, this is a study from the University of Indiana came out in 2020, 90,000 ER visits between 2003 and 2018, were for injuries to the hand, there were also about 650 cardiac deaths during that time period, of course, even pushing a snowblower is quite an exertion if you're not used to it.
3: Yes, definitely, definitely. Doctor, thank you so much for joining us on the program, letting us know how to stay safe during this winter during a heavy snowstorm, through any snowstorm, whether we're shoveling or using a snowblower. We're we'll talking to Dr. Victor Tedesco, Vice Chair of the Garnet Health Diagnostic Imaging Department, letting us know how to stay safe this winter. Doctor, thank you so much for joining us on the program.
2: Thank you for having me, and everyone stay safe out there. I love
1: the snow, but we have to just respect it.
3: <laughs> for Radio Catskill, I'm Patricio Robayo.
1: Thank you, Patricio, for that report. And we'll have more winter-themed conversations coming up and talking about a different holiday events. But first, uh, some news from Albany. Governor Kathy Hochul yesterday announced new affordable housing projects in Brooklyn. And she says that she hopes to step up construction of low-cost housing to the rest of the state beginning next year. Karen DeWitt has more.
0: The plan, announced in an impoverished neighborhood in East New York, spends $373 million to create over 500 affordable homes, a medical clinic, and room for retail tenants. But Governor Hochul says her plans for affordable housing are much more ambitious as she begins her first full term as governor in 2023. We want to build over 800,000 new units over the next decade because I believe, I believe that affordable housing, beautiful, safe housing, is a basic human right. And that right needs to be granted to more New Yorkers than we have right now. Hochul, who as a child lived for a time in a Buffalo area trailer park near the steel mill where her father worked earlier this year, approved a $25 billion, 10-year plan to create 100,000 units. She says she'll reveal more details in her State of the State message in January. Hochul admits, though, there are obstacles to these goals. The governor says there are too many zoning regulations that prohibit multifamily housing in suburban areas. The cost of building materials has gone up and interest rates are rising, dampening construction projects. And she says the expiration of a tax break earlier this year for real estate developers, who included affordable housing units as part of other construction projects, has brought many new projects to a halt. The provision is known as 421A. It's named for a section in the New York Real Property Tax Law. I believe we're going to have to get back to a form of incentives. Uh, this does not happen on its own. We saw that with the expiration before 421A that people thought that people would continue to build affordable housing, it didn't happen. The number of permits basically stopped, new permits. So there's a pipeline of projects going forward, but as far as new initiatives, we've not seen that. So we need to have that very serious conversation with the legislature going forward. 421A was not renewed last June after some state lawmakers objected to the program, saying it was too beneficial to wealthy developers at the expense of New York taxpayers. The governor says New York City has fallen behind other major metropolitan areas in building affordable housing units, and she says that has to change. In Albany, I'm Karen DeWitt.
1: Thank you to Karen DeWitt and New York State Public Radio Exchange for that report going to take a quick break when we come back it's a holiday events past and future talk about hanukkah kicking off this past weekend in sullivan county we'll be right back you're listening to the local edition winner of two
4: excellence in broadcasting awards from the new york state broadcasters association radio catskill listen local
5: On your shelf will be beside himself as he finds himself overpowered by the funk. Two hours of holiday tunes we've got. Christmas, we've got everything you need to make your day merry. The
6: Christmas edition of Upfront Soul was Sanguine Fromage, Thursday night at 10 on Radio
3: Catskill.
1: NPR News and this member station are here for you, no matter what. Thanks for your support and for making what we do possible. Thank you for listening to WJFF Radio Catskill. Support the news, information, and entertainment your friends and neighbors rely on. Go to wjffradio.org. Welcome back to the local edition. News and information keeping you connected in the Catskills Northeast Pennsylvania. Well, an end-of-the-year semi-holiday tradition continues coming up in Rock Hill. It's the end-of-the-year holiday ugly sweater mixer from the Sullivan County Young Professionals. Our own Patricio Rabayo spoke to Matt Sush about this event to find out
7: more.
6: The mixers have been great. Um, great uh, turnout. Uh, we've been going to different places, a few different places around the county so far. And uh, different people have been coming to the events, a few of the same faces, a few new ones each time uh, but it's a great way to uh, grow your network and meet new people and uh, let people you know introduce ideas that you're working on and and hear about what other people are working on and uh, It's been fantastic so far
3: It sounds like a a great place to meet new folks, exchange ideas now this is the ugly sweater mixer that's happening in Bernie's holiday restaurant, but the mixer of meeting people is not. The only thing is happening, what what are the fun things you have in store for everyone?
6: Uh, Well, we're going to have an ugly sweater party. Uh, Prestige Productions is going to be hosting a trivia night. Uh, We have a few uh, prizes. And uh, we're just looking forward to a fun night of uh, meeting new people and having a good time.
3: And you're holding these mixers on a monthly basis. And I'm seeing through social media... That's at different locations. I believe the first one was at Resorts World Catskills, and now you're you're having it at the Rock Hill, uh, Bernie, in Rock Hill and Bernie's Holiday Restaurant. If folks want to get more information about this event and others, where can they go?
6: Uh, well, we're just starting out. So, uh, right now we have an Instagram page. Um, so we under, uh, Sullivan Professionals, uh, emerging in Sullivan Professionals is the name of our, uh, Instagram. Um, and, uh, through the chamber, um, or Leadership Sullivan. And those are kind of the uh, the umbrella that we're under. And, and we're trying to follow our uh, Leadership Sullivan schedule this year that it's rotating around the county. And so, uh, we're, we're looking to kind of uh, follow that and, and build off of the excitement of Leadership Sullivan.
3: It sounds exciting. Matt, before we go, is there anything else that we have that touched on that you want folks to know about?
6: Well, we're really going to try and hit every fourth Thursday uh, for an event. Uh, a mixer. uh, So kind of earmark that day uh, that will rotate around the county. Um, So we'll we'll try to do that again in January. And um, it's just a nice way. We have a lot of people that come to our uh, chamber breakfast. uh, uh, And it was just a great way for other people within the business community, within our nonprofit community to come and and meet new people and, and exchange ideas.
3: That sounds like a good time to be had. Matt, before we go, Looking back at this past year, has there been anything that you could look upon that you're sort of proud of or proud to be part of in this past year, in this year 2022?
6: Well, I would say uh, revamping this group and um, kind of uh, renaming uh, what used to be uh, Yale Young Emerging Leaders or um, uh, the Sullivan County YPs, um, taking leadership Sullivan alumni and creating this new group called Emerging and Sullivan Professionals. Where it doesn't matter your age, as long as you are willing and able to um, improve our community and, and get your uh, business out there and make your nonprofit known, uh, we wanna we wanna help you and and get that moving forward. So that's what I'm most proud of is is this group.
3: We're talking to Matt Sush from the Sullivan County Chamber Foundation about the Ugly Sweater Holiday Mixer that's coming up in Rock Hill. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for joining us on the program, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. For Radio Catskill, uh, Patricio Rabayo.
1: Thank you, Patricio and Matt Sush for that report. Well, Hanukkah started this weekend, the eight-day Festival of Lights, and I attended a couple of community gatherings that marked the occasion. And uh, in Parksville on Saturday, it was the dedication of a new community feature, a large menorah at the head of Parksville's rail trail, featuring symbols of the Liberty Hamlet's history and of its future. Over 50 folks gathered to dedicate the menorah and to test out its lights just before the official start of Hanukkah.
8: I'm Toby Innerfield. I am the Director of Education at Congregation of Goodest Theme in Livingston Manor. I'm also a rabbinical student. So um, the words that we're going to use for Hine Matov in English is how good it is that people come together in peace. Instead of what's written there, how good it is that people come together in peace. So we'll start with Hine Matov. And if you know it, please join me. Hanukkah and Christmas and this entire season is a season of light and joy not only for us who are Jewish but for everyone because the light really breaks through all sorts of barriers and what we're trying to do is create warmth and love and peace and illuminate each other's lives. So even though it's not yet Hanukkah, Lighting the menorah, the the Hanukkah, the menorah here in Parksville, is so significant because it's bringing this light and joy to our community where we do not have a community menorah anywhere near us. And how beautiful that that is, that we can bring this all together and have so many people here today.
1: And you know, the darkest, uh, darkest day of the year is going to be Wednesday, I and guess. after that, then the light starts returning right in the middle of Hanukkah.
8: During Hanukkah, during Hanukkah, that is, that is true. Because Hanukkah is about bringing light. And so at the end of this service, we're doing a Havdalah service, a little Havdalah, hence you have the Havdalah music, the Havdalah service here, because Havdalah separates the Sabbath from the rest of the week, and that too brings light to the rest of the week. And it's all about joy and love and light, and we give to each other and we care about each other, and that's what this is about here. And look at it, it's beautiful. Look at this turnout that we have. There's a lot of people here. It's incredible.
7: Good afternoon, everyone.
1: This is Frank DeMeo, town supervisor for Liberty.
7: Good afternoon. Welcome to the corner of Short Avenue and Main Street in Parksville. What is rapidly becoming the community event capital of Sullivan County? <laughs> Today is yet another event as we celebrate Hanukkah and the lighting of the menorah. And um, you know, this is really just the beginning of a season of hope. And uh and and I wanna thank Hope for putting this all together, Hope Lecker. But um but this is uh you know, and, and we really, we're really just excited to be able to have this here. You know, it's, it's interesting because somebody told me, I don't read Facebook, but somebody told me there was a post, something about how come we don't have a Christmas tree. Well, we could have a Christmas tree if somebody wanted to put up a Christmas tree. I think the important thing to recognize here is that the Town of Liberty is, is really a diverse community. And we celebrate that diversity. And this is just one way in which we do that. So, again, I thank you all for coming and welcome. And now I'm going to introduce Jamie Schmeiser from the Sullivan County Chamber of Commerce.
5: Hi, everyone. We all know the story of Hanukkah. And I'm going to just repeat a little bit of it here. After years of outnumbered warfare and desecration of their place of worship, A Jewish victory was won, and their first act of victory was to clean and rededicate their temple to God. When they went to light the eternal flame in their menorah, they realized they only had enough consecrated oil to light for one day. Despite only having that small amount of oil, they lit the lamp anyways. Well, that one small act turned into eight days of a miracle. The oil lasted for eight days. Now we all know that story of Hanukkah and it's amazing. But that one small act of faith, that one small single act made the miracle happen. We celebrate this miracle as something that so small can become so large. And as we dedicate the menorah tonight, the Hanukkah, Hanukkah means dedication. This beautiful community symbol. Let's remember the small acts of kindness in our community, the small acts of helping one another in our shared goals of a thriving Parksville and a thriving Sullivan County. One small act of helping one another in our shared goal, working singly, but working together we will light the way for us to do greater things together. For though my faith is not yours, and your faith is not mine, if we are each free to light our own flame, together we can banish some of the darkness of the world. And that was by Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs. I want to just say that one small act can make such a big difference. And this small act... Which is quite a big act of bringing this menorah here is a miracle, and it is a small act for our larger community bringing us all together. So, thank you so much for all being here. English.
8: How good it is <laughs> that come together.
1: Sarah Weber and Toby Interfield leading the community in a Hanukkah sing-along at the dedication of the new Menorah in Parksville. In attending these events, in hearing the words about spreading light, love, and peace in the world, I couldn't help but think about how this was a community that in recent years has seen a real rise in attacks on them because of their faith, because of their culture And these include verbal attacks with an increase in anti-Semitic rhetoric among public figures, even some political leaders, and an increase in literal violent attacks on Jews across the country. And none of this was mentioned specifically by the people that I spoke with, but the exhortations of peace, of transcendence through small acts, of seeking solace and solidarity in dark times, of the importance of standing strong and choosing joy— it made the joyous nature of these Hanukkah celebrations all the more important. The scene of Toby Interfield, her husband Steve, and Sarah Weber lighting the Havdalah candle in the darkness after sunset on Saturday really brought home the theme that Toby mentioned at the beginning of this piece, dividing the darkness from the light.
8: We're using the light, which is the light that we're bringing, the light into our lives and into the world. So it starts out with a melody in Nagoon, and it goes like this: If you know it, please join me. La 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 la
1: following day Sunday I attended the Hanukkah luncheon at Temple Shalom in Monticello New York food and music were a key part of this gathering and both were very good but so too was the meaning of the gathering and the messages for the young people in attendance and the community as a whole here's Richie Cheeger who led the ceremonies at Temple Shalom on Sunday
4: Hanukkah is also a holiday in which we like the ancient Jews sanctifying the temple rededicate ourselves to living by our values. Each year, the story of Hanukkah reminds us that it's in our power to overcome insurmountable odds. When the Maccabees, surrounded and outnumbered, faced the ancient Syrian Greeks, they did not despair. They fought fiercely against the forces that wanted to oppress them. And when they reclaimed the temple and realized they had only enough oil to kindle the menorah for one night, they lit their flame, trusting that a miracle would extend the light. Our tradition beckons us to choose to act in the face of the challenges before us. We can choose courage in the face of fear, and choose hope in the face of anguish. Our world has faced innumerable obstacles this year, but just as our ancestors did, together we can choose light by illuminating the path to a better, brighter, and more equitable world for all. We can choose joy by savoring each opportunity to celebrate, no matter how small, We can choose dignity by working to uphold the inherent worth of every human being. We can choose generosity by gifting our time, talents and resources to help others. We can choose connection by deepening the relationships we have with friends and loved ones and expanding our circles to build kinship with people whose lives are different from our own. We can choose community by joining to realize our shared vision of Tikkan Olam that's working to repair our world. We can choose action by raising our voice to fight the injustices all around us and the injustices to all people, no matter religion, color, or anything else that makes them different from what we are. And we can choose justice by living our values and rededicating ourselves toward building a world where all people, all people, can realize their full human rights. Oh, Hanukkah, I've had come like a menorah. Let's have a party, we'll all dance over Gather round the table, we'll give you a treat. So you don't need to play with the people.
1: Been listening to the sounds of Hanukkah in the community this past weekend at Temple Shalom. The musicians were Richie Cheeger singing, Steve Schwartz on guitar, and Larry Ravdon on clarinet. That's going to do it for the local edition tonight. I want to thank you so much for listening, and honestly, thank you to whoever made the Brussels sprouts casserole at Temple Shalom. It was phenomenal. For more from these two events, please do listen Sunday stage to Sunday stage. This Sunday evening at 8, we are going to play more Hanukkah songs recorded live at both the Parksville and Monticello events. And we also have Hanukkah specials airing at 1 p.m. on both Saturday and Sunday this weekend. The first one on Saturday from Sounds Jewish. And on Sunday, it's our own Borscht Beat with Aaron Benditch doing his second Hanukkah special of the season. This is a local edition. I'm Jason Doyle.
4: Support for Radio Catskill comes from Sullivan Renaissance, a community beautification initiative of the Gary Foundation, dedicated to empowering volunteers to build beautiful, active communities in Sullivan County for over 20 years. On Facebook, Instagram, and at SullivanRenaissance.org. And from the Women's Health Center in Honesdale, Hamlin, Waymart, Carbondale, and Lords Valley in Pennsylvania. The Women's Health Center is a Wayne Memorial Community Health Center, WMH.